Hello, Trollsters. It's Matt here. It's been a while. How you doing? Good. I'm assuming good. I was recently on a podcast wherein I spoke of the classic crime, a number of different things about starting out um, in music and uh, how I came to decide that I wanted to do this with my life. It's a pretty interesting conversation with the guys at Bros, Bibles, and Beers, the 3B Ranch of sorts. They were gracious enough to have me on. Also, Zach is hosting me at his place in Mission Viejo in a couple weeks because I'm going on tour. That's right. I'm going down the West Coast in acoustic living room shows. You can check them out on the uh, theclassiccrime.com is a website, and you can get links uh, to tickets there. If you want to come see a show and hang out, I'm also doing songwriting workshops where I'm talking about uh, the headspace and philosophy and everything that I've kind of figured out over the last 20 years of writing songs in a two-hour workshop before the show on some some select dates. They have asterisks by them on the website. So if you want to come to a workshop and hang out and uh, listen to me ramble on about things that I don't really feel like I know, but I'm trying to articulate, then this is this, this is the place for you. This conversation was really fun with these guys. Uh, they have a very casual way of conversing, and uh, I had a good time chatting with them. I also had a little bit of a cough, so forgive me for hacking up along in, in certain parts. But I will see some of you, hopefully, out on the road uh, very shortly here. I think tour starts tomorrow. So go to theclassiccrime.com slash tour if you want to come say hello. Also, one last thing, I've been added to the bc con bad christian podcast we've had a lot of those guys on this podcast before they are having a conference again this year last year it was in nashville i was there it was awesome doing it in dallas this year and just kind of last minute was added as uh, part of the the concert it'll be me acoustic they've used the classic crimes name with an asterisk asterisk but I, I suck at saying asterisk asterisk is what i want to say it's, it's just me. It's not the band, but I'll be there. So if you're not on the West Coast and you, you wanted to see uh, some acoustic classic crime songs, well, then come to that show. Also, a uh, conference ticket. It's the whole weekend after, basically in February after uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, a conference ticket will include the show for free. So the conference is always super fun, um, super edgy. If you ended that... Uh, a lot of differing opinions and voices will be shared. Diversity of thought. And no one needing to agree. It's sort of a, uh, a I guess you could say, a gathering of the misfits. And it, I feel personally like I belong there. It's just, feels like my home, you know? Finally. Finally. 35 years into my life, I found a scene that is like, not gonna cast me out for saying the wrong thing. So, love that. Go to uh, badchristiancon.com, badchristiancon.com. You can get tickets to the conference and or separately the show with May, the band May, and Emery. And I'll open up and uh, do like five classic crime songs acoustic. So come sing along in Dallas. I think we're playing at the door. Is it called the Profit Bar? I don't know. Something like that. Go to badchristiancon.com and check that out. And also theclassiccrime.com slash tour because I'm going to be out on the road the rest of January and a good chunk of February. All right, here it is. My conversation with bros, Bibles, and beers. Enjoy. 
Matthew. What up? Hey. hey, hey. How you doing? Oh, good, good. Matt, I'm Zach. And hi. Come here, come here, ladies. My girls wanted to say hi to you real quick. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> this is Gwen. I'm sure they've hi, heard. Uh, you play. You play uh, the music in the car, right? Yeah. All the time. Hi. Come on in. Come here, Hobbs. She ran away. No. Oh. Yeah, they're fans of the classic crime. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, actually, we were we were listening to it um, yesterday. Like, my wife's like, "Who who are you having on?" I'm like, "Classic <laughs> crime." This. So like, what's the classic? Are they crime? famous? I'm like, they are now. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really run in those circles. Yeah. So how are you? Oh, I'm Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Scott. And I'm Zach. Scott. Right. Yeah. Jeff, Scott, and Zach. Yeah. It's going to be impossible to remember that. That's yeah, all right. It's okay. So how are you? F- so you're leaving on this acoustic tour that's coming up pretty quick. I know I'm getting to the end of things right off the yeah. beginning, but how's it feeling right now? Um, I'm kind of stressed out. I, I think I bit off a little more than I can chew in principle, but I normally step it up and get it all done. So, uh, I've got to get the RV ready and, um, I'm doing these workshops, these songwriting workshops that I've been uh, kind of spinning my wheels on with a bunch of different ideas and not really knowing what's going to play. So I think what I'm going to do is just kind of wing it, um, on, on the first couple and see what works. Um, and then of course I've got a long set list of songs to play from 10, 12 years ago, some of them. So it's just a matter of remembering the <laughs> the parts and the lyrics and all that. So. so are you a procrastinator and then crunch time, you just get it all together? Uh, I'm not a procrastinator, okay. but I don't like practice. I don't feel like it does me any favors. Like I don't like rehearsal or practice. I feel like the best practice is doing things in a uh, – in the actual setting that you're going to do them in. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not one to like. I don't put things off. Like I, I generally jump right into them. But I, I'm not I'm not going to sit around and, and spend like six hours practicing. Right. <laughs> For me, that that kills the vibe. Like it'll kill the songs before I even play them. Yeah, it's so. not fun. Now RV. So is that you're are you a solo? You're like you're on your own completely, or you're going to have a couple people with you i'll have a i'll have a guy with me um who's coming along to help out and shoot a bunch of video stuff um we did a kickstarter and so part of the process of me being on tour is is stopping in studios and recording with uh different people so he's going to be filming that and and part of the tour nice um so i won't be all alone but um yeah it's it'll be different how'd the kickstarter go it went well it went well excellent yeah um we've been doing them since uh 2012 oh wow and each one seems to be you know at or more than the last as far as support goes so as long as people keep showing up we just keep doing them and that's the way that we kind of you know fund the projects and get the album put together and made and that's exciting everybody yeah that has got to feel amazing to get that kind of direct support in a way that didn't happen but you know never happened before this yeah, I mean, the your customer, if you're talking in business terms, we're, we're always kind of behind this, you know, this veil, so to speak. Like, 
you had to have a label to reach them, but then the label had to go through distribution channels and like get in stores, and then, then maybe you could like seduce them with your album art or something. But <laughs> it was just this really like vague tertiary relationship, and then obviously with social media and then with crowdfunding, it's like we just go direct and um, we say, "Hey, if you want this, pre-order it, and we'll make it." And it seems a little bit more of a pure relationship than than all these third parties your band your i guess your musical career with the classic crime was that your only band before vocal few and was there anything before classic crime i mean there was like i was in high school before that so uh i met the guys when i was 19 so Yeah. yeah we had like we all had high school bands and stuff um but nothing that you know we we dropped out of college to do this band thing and um you know, much much to the chagrin of our parents and, and loved ones. But, I mean, we, we got together, we started making music, and, and we just moved into the same house together that we rented and, you know, practiced every day and thought, we're going to be huge. Like, there's no way this music isn't going to go worldwide. Like, it's just that good. You know, we were young and naive and, and uh, just the right amount, the right mix of skill and arrogance, you know, that you need to, you know, quit everything else you're doing and, and focus Right. On the one thing, and so yeah, that's it. That's what I've been doing. Um, it's kind of weird being like, you know, because you grow as a human being, and the thing that I started when I was nineteen, I'm still sort of doing, which is weird. Like, you know, whatever music you were into when you were nineteen, like just imagine, <laughs> you know, that shadow following following you everywhere you go. But, um, but it's also at the same time, it's like, okay, I I knew at a very young age what I wanted to do, and I'm still doing it at thirty five. So. I guess that's that's something. That's yeah. that's okay. Jokes on your parents, I guess. For now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get all fall apart at any moment. You know. Right. It's like, yeah, I can't get too 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 cocky about it. Right. But it's it's album to album. What I was thinking of with, so you're I, I don't know when millennial ends, but you're kind of probably on the cusp. <clears throat> like you're an older millennial. But you're, I think I'm the oldest millennial alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm just outside. I just turned 40, and the older millennials and us, we remember before the internet. Yeah. Before, like, that technology explosion. And your band is kind of the same way. Like, you were a part of the machine, correct, when you first were starting in terms yeah. of the music industry and labels and stuff like that. <clears throat> so you yeah. remember that the before and now you're kind of outside the labels. You st- you're totally independent now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of bands who started out, you know, getting signed to labels and and doing the, you know, pressing CDs and all that have kind of, if they're still around, they've moved on to this new model where they're kind of doing it independently or or in tandem independently with with some other folks. Um, But yeah, I mean, we kind of like, you know, when our band was just starting out, we were like, so we we had like a, it was an mp3.com profile and then that turned into purevolume.com so that was like kind of the beginnings of music sharing on the internet and i remember on myspace you could have a a profile song or whatever i forget what it was called but like you could have a song in your profile on myspace Um, it would just play when as soon as somebody went to the page yeah 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 i think you could you could customize it to do one of the play or not play i don't know myspace was too customizable which was why it died right everyone's page looked wacky 
and there were so many bots by, by the end of it. But at the beginning, it was like, wow, this is a, this is a really pure social thing, and, and music could spread really fast, and you can get a lot of friends and likes and whatever. Um, so we kind of like, when our band started, it wasn't much of that. It was still sort of like beating the streets and printing out flyers and going to shows and like handing them out, you know, and like trying to like give our demos away and just trying to get people to come to shows. Yeah. And then we kind of, yeah, we definitely straddled the line of like, okay, here are some things online that we can, um, I mean, I, th- I don't think we would have been signed if, if our management didn't find us on pure volume. We were like a pure pick or something for, um, a song and they heard it and it was like the top 10 or something like that on pure volume. So, uh, we definitely have the, 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 the both worlds, um, experience being old millennials which is funny to think of because just like five years ago everyone was like these darn millennials ruining everything kids these days yeah every generation has a version of kids these days yeah get off my lawn type thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) well let's if if you don't mind let's circle back to um to beginning like you mentioned high school but was there a spark when you first knew like what was the moment you knew did you hear a song or a certain album that you knew you were going to do what you or at least try to do what you're doing now i started writing songs when i was i mean really probably when i was 15 um so pretty young i guess um i think i wrote maybe my first song with some friends when i was like 13 just funny stuff like oh wow we can rhyme and sing and um here we go um that's pretty but got into yeah yeah but like you know just goofing off with friends like in my in my bedroom just like we used to like record us making up stories and just stuff like that like on t- on a cassette tape and stuff like that yeah. um but like music obviously when you you know you know when you're a teenager you have this uh deep well of emotion that's unexplored and you feel so misunderstood and music tends to be the 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 cathartic sort of therapy for it or helps articulate your emotions when you're, you're just experiencing them for, for the first time. And it, it can be a very powerful thing. And for me, it definitely was, you know, um, I wasn't like in any scene. It was just like whatever's on the radio. And in Seattle, it was always like Nirvana and then like green day and the offspring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of radio rock that, um, spoke to my punk rock edge and uh and yeah and i don't know what made me sort of pick up because i could i could play guitar like four chords or whatever but um i was always interested in expression and i used to draw a lot in like comic books and stuff and um i i don't know like once i realized i could play guitar and put my words and sing melodies over it it was kind of like well i'm done drawing now because this is way better like this is you know, you can do a lot more with this medium. So, mm. yeah, and I just did it as kind of like a like a diary or a journal, like alone by myself. Like, didn't play my songs for anybody for a long time until really I, I maybe played it for my brother, and then until I met my uh, wife when I was seventeen, and that's when I started maybe sharing them a little more. Hey, when did you? And um, when you look back, when did you? Or when do you think you realized that you had some gifting in the arts of music? In high school, I was voted most artistic. 
but that was <laughs> that's an like some, year, some yearbook thing, <laughs> right? But but it was for drawing, not for music, right? Um, so I always kind of, I mean, I don't know, I always kind of identified as like an artistic type of person. Um, like when you were ten years old, do you remember like banging drums or just kind of doing anything? Related to that? Yeah, my fifth grade teacher. So I was always drawing. You know, I went to a really boring church growing up, and we would sit in the back for like an hour and a half, and all I would do is What was the name and who was the pastor? (laughs) (laughs) No pastor, man. The brethren. Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) Fundamentalist, non-denominational. Okay. Um, uh, 45 minutes of silent prayer in the Sunday morning. Not very seeker-sensitive. So you had to learn Um, how to draw. (laughs) Yeah, as a way to cope. With the deafening boredom, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I, I kind of always knew that like that was an escape for me. Um, and in fifth grade, my teacher had like twenty six classical guitars strung up around the room, and he taught us all how to play um, old folk Americana rock songs like the Beatles and wow, you know that stuff. So, um, and I remember like learning how to strum and learning how to play you know, GDC or whatever. And, and looking around the room and kind of seeing like other kids are struggling more with this than me. <laughs> right. Like I, I can kind of like pick it up quick and I can lead the melody when other kids don't know. And I quick with the words. And so just kind of knowing like, Oh, maybe I could, maybe that's something that I'm good at, um, at a young age. And then, uh, and I don't know, I don't know. I don't always think that I, I knew that I was good. I think it was more just, because I've also had I've had some experiences where like my sister's like friend told me I had an annoying voice and I should shut up and stuff like that. So like there's she probably there's liked an equal. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that there's an there's an it's very hurtful. There was a, there was an equal amount of that, you know, like you know, like shut up, you suck. So I don't think I I don't think I necessarily learned that I was good at things from looking at other people completely, but but I just knew that I liked it. That like I liked the feeling of of doing it, and so that's why I did it. So you definitely had some inclination towards being able to play. Like just as an example, today my son he's playing like EA Sports uh, soccer, and he's like you push X for this and A for this and B for this, and you push this to chase him down, and then this to go faster. And I'm like one minute into it, and I'm like. Man, like, I'm pushing Atari? the I'm pushing the wrong buttons, and I'm like so frustrated. I, I can't do this, and I just gave right. it, gave it to my six year old, and he went to town. I'm like, okay, it's, not, it's it, like a different language. It, right? Yeah, they, only they understand. Right. So I was yeah. the I was the kid you were looking at. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's my self deprecating humor. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you, I don't want to say jealous but i'm a little jealous of the from the early age jealous is too strong but you were fortunate from an early age to to kind of know you had a thing and to kind of start to step into that and to develop that i i feel like i I'm, it wasn't until like way into my 30s where i started to kind of discover get a, a mooring on who i was like the idea going back to you having it be like a your songs were kind of your diary you didn't yeah. always play him for people, but the ability to communicate thoughts and to be vulnerable has really contributed to your music. 
because there is a lot of honesty in your lyrics and a lot of nostalgia. I, I, w- I want to talk about nostalgia because it seems mm. like there's some nostalgia, like a, there's a thread through a lot of your And there's got to be a lot of confidence gained early on from starting at such a young age and, and kind of just messing around with friends and writing and then moving forward into high school and having that ability. I mean, like you're saying, you, you didn't really kind of capture this until... Yeah, later like I, yeah. I, I play I play guitar and I can I can get that space where you're conveying an emotion through what you're writing musically and I feel that and it's therapeutic and it's like an, a sonic diary almost but as far as putting words down I I will crush myself before I even write anything down like nah that's stupid nah that's stupid right. that's not coming out yeah. right how do you how did you get past that or did you um, ever have that and if you yeah, never had it I mean, I'd be super jealous. You should come to my songwriting workshop. I'm going to talk about yeah, Zach. the headspace that you have to be in. Your um, LA one is not a songwriting workshop. Is there a different one in Southern California? Maybe, maybe Riverside. I don't. I think maybe Riverside is, mm. but it might not be. Okay, yeah. To your point about getting, getting, having things in your head and getting them down. To me, that was just an extension of drawing, like having an image in your head. Of you know, for me, it was like superheroes and like guys I would make up. And this is all just, I think it's an extension of just me wanting wanting something more than the mundane, like like being a middle child in a big family and, you know, being part of this fundamentalist church that, you know, we were at church like four times a week and it was like a huge part of our identity and trying to, get, like my brain want, needed something. And so art was that. What, she's um, cook- what is she cooking? I don't know what she's doing. Smells smells fantastic. Yeah, (laughs) technology's so good these days. I can smell it right through the Skype. It's amazing. Um, Don't worry about it, by the way. Don't let that. We're not worried about. We're not worried about life noises. We got them too. No, it's fine. Uh, Where I'm just happy that I finally have a gas stove. I just moved into this house, and uh, and we. We've always just had these crappy rental stoves, and now we have a gas stove. So we're nice. Good. So good. Using it a lot. Um, but yeah, um, songs just became that um, that escape for me. Um, and, uh, and, you know, in my childhood, like, I've always had a, uh, I don't know, in my childhood I felt kind of mis- misunderstood a lot, uh, being a middle child, and I got in lots of fights when I was in, in elementary school. I spent a lot of time in the principal's office, and no one knew what to do with me, you know, troubled troubled child, and I have to go to the psychologist, and they'd be like, well, Matthew just needs this or that, or, you know, and they describe me these metaphors about, like, life's a road, and there's there's speed bumps <laughs> in it, and you just hit a speed bump, and I just remember weird stuff like that, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I, why can't I, you know, fit in? Mm-hmm. And so I always had the sense that, like, you know, that I was different in some way. Um, and my, my older brother used to mock me for that. He would be like, oh, you're such an artiste, you know? <laughs> um, and my older brother's a great artist in his own right. Um, uh, he, he develops games. Um, but anyways, uh, so Anything I always... Anything we would know? Think, um, if you, you want to throw him a plug? What's the one? Everwing? It's on Messenger. Uh, he, play, he does these, like, Messenger games. Okay, like, nice. Uh, on Facebook Messenger. But, um... They're like, you know, he's a lead dev and they they have a bunch of projects so they do a bunch of different games right. that are big in different countries and stuff. So, but um 
he he was the one that was that was the artist the drawing artist that I kind of emulated growing up and so I started drawing like probably when I was six or seven like all the time mm-hmm. because I he's four years older than me and I'd watch him do it and then I'd copy mm-hmm. him but yeah the nostalgia thing to me is just it's just a way of returning to that child that vulnerable kid who um who did not belong, which is really that kid that's still inside of me, you know, that kid that is always just peering out. And, um, I have a shell around that kid that attacks everything and that goes after everything. And that is really bold. But like when I'm writing songs, if there is vulnerability or, or, or anything like that, it's, it's usually because I'm trying to tap into something true and real and not the persona or the shell. Of who I am, and so that's that's why I do music because it, it it allows me to connect with um, who I who I really am, or at least the the I, f- I feel like my origin story. So that does come out in the music. There's a lot of meaning and um, personal like you know personal stories that come out in the, in the songs, and you know like you know a song about Seattle and going back or Seattle calling you back home. Right. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that, that does come out a lot in those, in the lyrics. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the one that this is old, uh, well, oldish. I just, I just looked today. I think it was from 2012. The, um, uh, for, it's from vocal few. Uh, and it's about like, you're, you just, I think you had a daughter and you're writing about like her growing up, and then eventually oh, it goes right. from like baby, like going through all the stages, and then right. to to seeing her walk down the aisle on the wedding day. One day soon she'll walk the aisle. My little girl, my precious child. I'll smile in disbelief as the tears roll down my cheeks and I whisper softly, you'll never be alone. I have two daughters and whenever that song comes on, it depending on if i'm by myself there's a good chance there's going to be tears because i I like i'm a sucker for nostalgia i know i feel bad so you have your first kid and you know it's mind-blowing and you you know you you consider all these things you're like oh my gosh i'm a dad and i'm i I have a daughter now and this is i can see my life sort of flash before my eyes yeah as she's growing and changing and then i had a second daughter and she didn't really get a song. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a son who's just, yeah, I'm just trying to escape his clutches so I can, I can get work done. So it's funny how that works. Um, but I just, I try to record things in, in whatever moment that I'm in and, mm-hmm. and try to be as honest about it as I can. And um, I'm not a sappy guy in real life, but I had a daughter and yeah. that's what came to my head. So that, you know. It sounds like you don't present like there's you got to get past the shell. There, there's a right. sappy is probably not the right word. There's a soft inner core that's that's it's there. I'm sure your wife knows how to get there. It's very yeah. Well, <laughs> she probably argue that she doesn't, but uh, um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's there and it's, uh, it's very hypersensitive, obviously, you know, I'm very aware of, of a lot of things that are going on that I don't let on that I'm aware of, um, for whatever reason, you know, you talk to my therapist, I guess. Um, but I feel like that is useful when writing songs because ultimately the goal is to, is to make something that is real and true and new and meaningful and you can't do that if you're sitting around crushing yourself over your lyrics. Yeah. You have to be in a state where you're totally laid bare and it doesn't you're not you your judgmental mind, your your left brain is not in control and you're just letting it out. It's uh it's uh it's it's totally non-judgmentally your right brain subconscious stream of thought. And I think that's the that's the part of your brain that rhymes or makes music. Um, it's not the, it's not the ones and zeros. It's not the, um, the analytical brain or the categorizing that happens in your sort of ego cortex. (laughs) So, which is not a scientific term, by the way, I made that up, but, um, we're going with, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's where I try to get when I'm writing songs and it frustrates me when I can't like, Mm. if I'm just like, that's, that's writer's block to me because I can write a thousand things that rhyme and sound good, but if it doesn't have this i this this novel character like if if it's not new if it doesn't come from somewhere that i that surprises me like oh wow where'd that come from that to me is a song that i that's a thread that i need to pull on as opposed to like i could write all the songs that i've written a hundred different ways a hundred different times and people would be some people would be happy with that but i wouldn't be so now are there ways when when you're hitting a wall and you you know the goodness that lies within you but it's just not there when you're sitting down to write are there any techniques that you snap that help you snap back into focus or get you into the zone as it were well yes i think about the obstacles to the zone or the obstacles in my life or um things i'm trying to avoid you know great stoic philosopher king marcus aurelius said the obstacle is the way or something like that that's paraphrasing but i believe you i think yeah (laughs) it's something like look look for where the obstruction is and then you know that's where you'll find the path or something like that but i think instead of avoiding or trying to get away from discomfort or get away from pain it's more about just running going right into it and that's how I get to the truth, really, Zach, or try to. Zach, these are all questions you're going to be asking when you go to the writers' uh, conference. Mm-hmm. Right? They might be. <laughs> I'll admit I'm being really selfish right now. This yeah. is all about me, guys. All right. just, just, <laughs> I do like the idea good. of going into the op, like going towards the challenge and the obstacle, and the, this, it's so much. Yeah, there's so much more there because it's there's some. Right. I mean, there's a challenge to it. Going the yep. the easy path and the known path you just you're not getting sure. new and original and that's just boring well you guys are bros bibles and beer you know about taking up your cross or um you know the, the straight and narrow mm-hmm. if you find it you know these metaphors are old and uh, every philosopher and uh and and thinker and theologian has they all say essentially the same thing you know rilke says you know turn towards the storm that's where you that's where you find meaning really and it's it's avoiding those things that um that lead you to writer's block 
have to face what you don't want to. Right, exactly. Take the MacGyver. There's an episode of MacGyver. Well, that's a good segue. Go ahead, Scott. Well, he, he ha- MacGyver has a nemesis, right? Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And there's Murdoch presents a labyrinth to MacGyver. And he there's there are three paths he can take. Well, one is a, just a thing he can just walk straight through, and there's another easy path, and there's a locked door. With Tinker Toys and a rubber and the, band. And so MacGyver picks the locked door, but Murdoch knows that that's the door MacGyver's going to take. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, that's what I grew up on. And that's a, meta- <laughs> <laughs> that's a metaphor for what? <laughs> for all of what we just talked about. Why did Murdoch, how did Murdoch know? Because it's a locked door. It's the, and of course MacGyver, MacGyver's going to challenge. pick the lock. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Hmm. Well, because he knows Murdoch too. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the MacGyver clip in the show. Yeah, we'll have links and yeah, that's good. references for that episode. I'm, I'm, right, I'm scribbling that down for the, for the songwriting workshop. So that's a good one. Yeah, use the, you can all allow it. You can use that. So are all these songs... So this songwriting workshop and this, mm. this tour, this is all in preparation for the cl- new classic crime. Yeah. So, and the, the crowd... The Kickstarter you did... Was there a separate one for this tour? Or it was all part. It's all part of the main one you did for the album. I didn't like. I didn't mention the tour when we did the Kickstarter. Right. Um, it was actually my wife's idea because I, I was like, I have to write this record, and and we just moved into a house that didn't have like a third space where I could work out of, and so I was thinking, well, maybe I'll write it in the RV, like I parked the RV in the backyard, and I could go and, and write the record. And she's like, well, why don't you drive the RV around and play shows? And so, yeah. you know, cause then it's like, then you're like doing more work. And so, and then I was able to, to book some studio time with my friends, uh, kind of on the, on the road. Mm. So it's all hopefully tributaries leading to one stream. That is the classic crime, new classic crime record. So that's awesome. Cool. Now, are you like, is that Kickstarter totally closed off now? Is that finished? Yes. Yeah. It's, okay. it, it was done. It's the first Kickstarter we did where I don't I didn't have a single song written or a part of a song. So it's pretty interesting yeah. that um that people believe in us so much in this po- at this point that like I could have nothing yeah. <laughs> and to say and it, it, it's it's weird like I wouldn't have never I wouldn't have ever done this, you know, two or three projects ago, but um because I could barely deal with the pressure of like making the the album I'd already written good enough to um be worthy of the support um but now it's like it's incredible the amount of pressure uh that i feel because people have already sent the money for the packages and the record's not even written yet and so i'm like i have to make this good yeah you bet i gotta make my money worth it i (laughs) yeah i think i got the i don't remember the name of it i think i got one of the colored vinyl packages I did it the last yeah, time see, too for uh, How to Be did, Human. Did you like that vinyl? Yeah, that Good. and that's that was probably my favorite record of yours. Awesome. It's been awesome to see that your progression in songwriting. It's all you can tell. It's Matt McDonald and it's classic crime, but there's a, a definite growth l- lyrically and uh, musically as well. Thank there's you. Like this pro- progression. You. Do you feel that as well? No, most of the time I don't. Most of the time I feel like I'm getting worse. Um, 
but it's good to hear. And, and there's occasions like the other day I was listening to old songs because I was like, how do how do I play that again? Because I'm going on yeah. tour. And I was listening to the recording. I was like, oh, like this is not like I wouldn't do this now. Yeah. Like I would do I would like that lyric. I would change that. Like that's a little too on the nose. Or that's let's you know I I just kind of I thought I had this new clarity. Because most of the time I think like oh my best is behind me and I'm not I'm not good anymore and now I know too much and so it's getting in the way of pure creativity which is you know when I was young I didn't think about anything I just blah right there was a song um, and it's not that way anymore and so I, I kind of can get bummed out um, longing for that ease and that energy but now when I look back and there there are moments when I'm like eh, I think I think I'm better now than I was. Um, it's definitely not as like on the nose or it's, it's a lot more nuanced, uh, the, the writing, but, um, it's for a different audience. You know, all, all the people who listened to us in 2006 are now 13 years older. Yeah. So even if they were 15, 16 at the time, they're, they're over, you know, what are they? I don't know. I'm not going to math. Late 20s. 28, 27. So even our youngest fans, you know, are, are in their late 20s and... Others are, are like us, mid thirties and forties. So, which has got to make it I frustrating. Think, Sorry to interrupt. It's got to make it frustrating no, for those young fans. It, when you hear from some of those original fans, I got to imagine you probably get complaints about the older music. Like, why aren't? I wish you were more like that, or I wish you wrote lyrics more like that. Do you hear any of that? Yeah. That's got to be frustrating. It's like, aren't you growing as well? Because I'm growing. Yeah. I'm moving along. <laughs> I think there's different types of people, um, and I get that sentiment, uh, so I don't take it too personally. It is lame that, like, in consumer America, you can weigh in on, like, on on something you're a fan of as if it was, like, a customer service complaint or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's, like, it's sort of like they could just, like, leave a bad review right. and be, like, bad and like it, like their other records, though. It's like, great, thank you for sharing. Um, put my heart and soul into that, but... But it's like it's like you know it's an Amazon review or something. It's yeah. like it, they they treat it like you're some faith, faceless corporation cranking out the hits. But but yeah, no, I, I I get where they're coming from. I think a lot of people have nostalgia for the those moments when they were teenagers driving around with their friends in the summer um, playing songs, and those songs meant something, and they want more songs that sound like that. Yeah. And I say, good, you can find. You can find them. People are making them every day. Yeah. So um, you, you don't need us to, to do that for you. Um, people who are with us now and who back our Kickstarters, um, I think, have come to expect something different or a little bit different every time. So that's who we really play for. Yeah. What do you, what do you love the most about making music? Um, I love... I love the moment. The moment a song comes together. Um when it's just these ideas that are, you know, floating around your head and there's like five or six of them and they all kind of lock in together in one moment and you just know you can like, I can hear everything. I can hear the rhythm and the melody and I can, I can, the narrative structure and it all just makes sense. And that doesn't happen often. Most of the time it's like a struggle to put a song together, but like, I live for that moment when, when in five minutes it does come together, and those are my favorite songs always. Mm. So, 
So it's like chasing the dragon, you know, you're just out there hoping that <laughs> happens, you know, so sit down in your seat and, and try to, try to do it. And if, you know, if that experience shows up, then great. But most of the time it doesn't. And it's a slog. What, but you know, that's why I do what's it. What's the first song, as you describe that, what's the first song that would come to your head in reference to that? Of like stuff coming together? Yeah. I mean, like, off what record? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go with How to Be Human, most recent. Um, What song came together really fast on that record? You always have a fall before the lift Whether you drink to remember or drink to forget what you did I am the closest thing to a modern-day poet fraud But I met God in a bell Maybe not done with you yet. It was a pretty quick one. Um, Driftwood was really quick. Mm. Um, Two strong offerings. Yeah, there, there's not actually not. I I struggled a lot with that record uh, putting it together. Mm. But um, like even like Holy Water was not. It didn't come together right right away, and I didn't know how to fit the lyrics because it was this weird. Um, uh, five four, five four six eight thing going on with the rhythm. Um, and I had to send it to my band and be like, "Do you guys like this? Like the lyrics are all weird. Like the rhythm of the rhyming was all weird. And the delivery is a little like, quick no, too. Yeah, and they're like, no, nah, it's cool. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> so some some songs are are difficult, but they turn out good. Um, where I like them at the end of it, and then some songs are difficult, and I just hate them. But other people like them. Yeah. So, yeah. What song has, what out of all the songs you've ever done, which has the most meaning to you? Is there something that you're like, this is, I'll never forget this moment that I created this song? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. Is that a, la- uh, is that a lame question from a, a no, lay person? No, it's not. <laughs> a different, someone else might, might answer that, um, like seriously and and have an idea. I just the same reason I don't have tattoos on my body is that I don't. Where do you, where do you um, have them? No, he said I he doesn't. <laughs> In my mind, <laughs> um, I don't like. I don't have favorites. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I, I wasn't raised to like. Like I don't have. I never had like anybody I would consider a best friend. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the people are like, what's your favorite? And I'm like, I don't That's know. That's illegal in some like, schools now. You're such a musician. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, afra- wanna... I'm afraid of commitment, really, is what it is. <laughs> um, so, but but I would say there are songs on every record that um, that I love deeply mm. um, that in, like, five years don't mean anything. Yeah. Because I'm somewhere yeah. else. Um, so, like... I remember on on Vagabonds, uh, Broken Mess, I wrote uh, in like 10 minutes in my head. And that was a song that just came out because of circumstances in 
in in my life and, and with loved ones. And all I can say is that love is a terrible Dead Rose was another one of those off of Phoenix. It's another one of my favorite songs. It's just kind of a deep album cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think um, it was sort of a metaphor for for the, the, the proverbial or metaphorical death of our band, mm-hmm. which was really just a death and rebirth into something else. But um, it was um, sort of a eulogy for that. And that it served that purpose for me. So I, I, I sort of cherish that song as yeah. like a... The, the the death and, and sort of turning over a new leaf of our our, our second life as a band and, and being independent and the ni- the dynamic changing and um, all that so. Well, you mentioned Dead Rose. I gotta say, keep let's put a pin on wherever we're at right now, Scott. You were gonna talk. Remember that we. I don't know if you remember we. A long time when we kind of first started, I reached out to you about using some music, and you said, "Yeah, use whatever you want. Just give us credit." And so, mm-hmm. Dead Rose was a song we used until I wrote a little theme song jingle for our podcast. We were using like cuts of your music, and and Dead awesome. Rose was a good closer. Um, yeah, it's a good song. Good. Yeah, to- hopefully yeah, you completely. still feel okay about letting us use that. You seem pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Like, Wait, what? I'm not. I'm not on a label, and I don't have. Yeah, I, I just whatever. Anybody, anything. Anybody wants to do whatever they want. Yeah, they can do. good. So I'll probably sprinkle <laughs> some things in throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Um, and I'm sure Dead Rose. Going back to the lyrics, there's probably a lot of people. It's interesting you mention it there was no mention of like Jesus or any type of faith. Um, mm-hmm. It was a metaphor for your band, but I'm sure people hear mm-hmm. that people hear what they want to hear and they would definitely hear sure. a Christian message in there. Yeah. And there's, there's parallel metaphors at work there, you know, and I, like I said, was raised in the church. And so that language is part of my linguistic framework mm-hmm. for describing deeper principles or the metaphysical. And so, I can always dip in and use that stuff um, uh, because it's meaningful and it has meaning. And um, and there's also there's a lot of times there's parallel metaphors. There's like there is you could take it the spiritual, purely spiritual way, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a very like personal vein to it too, in a in a literal way. So that's yeah. how you can tell it's good art. It's not like. You see that there? It it is that, and it's exactly that, and it's always going to be that. that. Yeah, yeah. I like layers of meaning, yeah. um, or or ways that you know, if you if you're listening to the song and the, on the tenth time something clicks, and you're like, wait a minute, like that to me is um, is fun uh, to have something that like, oh, that's a little nugget that people are going to have to dig for. Yeah, and because uh, I like digging, you know, I like digging in, into the lyrics and. Um, and discovering new things. Yeah, it's like a good movie where you, you watch it like the fourth or fifth time and you're just like, oh shit, I never saw that before. It's <laughs> yeah, so good. Like Predator, yeah. right? Am I right, guys? 
Yeah, or MacGyver. It could or be a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> like Predator. Actually, I was thinking about Tosh.0, how he does his comedy, and he's like seventh level, and he's like, no, you're not there. Two people are with me? Okay, yeah. you stuck with me down Tosh, there. it stands for taking others straight to hell. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Great acronym. Just a nugget there. Moms against VH1 DJs. <laughs> yeah. uh, I... I do have a question. So I'm a, a sixth grade teacher, and and I have kids who they I get so many kids who doodle, they draw, they're like not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm I put I'm, I'm not boring. joking. I, I put on I like a question. Just listening to you, no, Jess, like you're a therapist. Like, what are your drawing? Songwriting, teaching. What, okay, what I got. Yeah. Sh- what do your drawings say about you? Like, I, I was trying to think of a question just after you were talking about that. Like, there's something going on in kids' minds, whether they are they feel like they're left out or they don't know or they're, they're off in some other world of their own and they're thinking about things. And so they draw. Like, I, I get kids that are constantly drawing and not doing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, got, I can't discount. Like, I wasn't an, I, I'm not an artist, and I'm seeing yeah. kids doing this, and I'm trying to do something that I think is is important for them in education, and yet they're still drawing. So I'm like, okay, wait a second. I need to take a step back. Just listening yeah. to you and and have a conversation with them, because a lot of teachers would just dismiss, why are you drawing? Like, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've done a lot of – you should look at the studies on it because um, re- information retention uh, while doodling is a lot higher uh, than just sitting there and, and, and getting a straight feed of, of stuff. And obviously they're not uh, doing whatever worksheet or whatever right. they at the time that they're doodling. But they could be still learning quite a bit. Um and yeah, I mean, I think these probably are boys, right? Actually, boys and girls. And girls, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um, it was an escape for me. And you, you know, you, you can only speculate as to yeah. what what they might be escaping from. But um, to not see it as just um, some sort of disobedient right. act or, 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 you know, it's just um, because it, it really is just um, it was a reflex when I was a kid, it wasn't, it wasn't me deciding, Oh, I'm going to draw something. It's like, I got to get out of here. Um, (laughs) it's like, that's what I did, you know? So, I mean, I'm just, what do you, what, what, uh, what do you teach? I teach all subjects. subjects. Yeah. But I, I, I like just having this discussion has prompted me to think about going into tomorrow and asking those six or seven kids, like, what is it about the drawing that like, you go somewhere else? Do you like you want to write about this? I mean, is yeah. there something there? Like you went from dra- drawing to to words, and I'm right. wondering, like, what storyline is going on in their mind as they draw? Is there a storyline? I have no idea, but I'm like, there's sure. these kids are like, they're, I mean, they're the real deal. They're going to be adults one day, and I don't want to shut them off and. You know, not sure. uh, well. The good news is, is, if you if you shut them off, they'll probably become better artists. <laughs> 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 because, like you said, you know, it's like that's the thing that that's the thing that teaches you is the hard thing, and and oftentimes, you know, suppression uh, or repression 
can 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 uh, bloom into some some beautiful things, and sometimes obviously not. But um, you know, I was definitely like not allowed to draw in church uh-huh. um, until they gave up. Uh, they gave up telling me I couldn't as long as I kept it down and, and the elders didn't see me or whatever. But, um, yeah. And I always like envious of my friends who went to Catholic school cause they're all super creative too. So <laughs> a lot of repression there. So I don't know, maybe telling them to knock it off is a good thing for their uh, development. I'll bring out rulers and slap their hands. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. Complexity yeah. of life. <laughs> yeah. The more you keep them down, the more they're going to explode exponentially. Right. <laughs> right. Or they'll just stay down. You know, you don't, there's a fine line. Right. It's like, you know, uh, t- 10 degrees, right. 10 degrees. Right. <laughs> you could really ruin someone's life. <laughs> Beautiful stuff grows out of shit, yeah. but sometimes there's just mm-hmm. shit and nothing. Right. <laughs> and that's it. Sometimes it just rots yeah. and there's nothing you can do yeah. about it. Uh, I forgot before we, we got sidetracked, you went, <gasps> And I cut you off, Scott. Again, back to JJRB. Um, we read an iTunes review earlier that admonished uh, says Jeff and I off for Scott cutting all the Scott time. off too much. But go ahead, go okay. ahead, Scott. Perfect, exa- perfect example. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, though. Because if you don't start, we're going to cut you off. In this particular case, um, it was you had, you had said just what I was thinking, um, oh. that the, the music or the lyrics is... If you don't know the backstory behind the, uh, of the lyrics, you're you're interpreting them in your own way, and they're be- like they're becoming mm-hmm. personal, and that but that that's what makes art, you know, uh, yeah, deeper than just the the surface uh, surface right. meaning, and so it it yeah you personalize it, and then you want to makes you want to hear the song more, and so I was yeah it's just the same. Okay, I've heard someone yeah. say you know. I don't know who said this, but said like a sermon really just creates space for someone to feel whatever it is they need to feel. And I think a song does that even more like music does that. It, it creates an atmosphere in a space for a person to interpret whatever they're like and, and process whatever they're going through. Right. Cause you're no matter what, if you're listening to music, it's the whole subjective part of your brain is lit up. It's not, it's not the rational, mm-hmm. like analytical, mathematical part. Right. It's the other part that's like experiencing all the emotions. And, Unless you're listening to Dream um, Theater or something <laughs> like that. Sure, or, or if you're like, if you're just, if you're, yeah, if you're, if you write songs, you definitely can get into the analytical yeah. part. But if you're experiencing it just for pure joy and, and enjoyment, yeah, um, then you're gonna you're gonna project your own subjective. Um, experience onto those lyrics, and yeah. um, and you're going to experience something potentially really powerful that maybe the artist didn't even intend at all. Yeah, I used to, uh, and that's that's beautiful yeah, too. I used to listen to uh, Stained, uh, the band Stained a lot, and I just there were, almost every time I listen to it, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't even have the emotions that I think this guy is having, but I'm mm-hmm. like. I can I I start developing those emotions, <laughs> even though I'm not going through what he's going through. But I'm like I, right. I've never I don't have I, I don't have these emotions. But but I, I guess I, I think you I, meant you you don't have emotion and you're I, learning I don't, emotion. I don't ha- right, I don't have emotion. You're getting them for the first. But I'm time. like, yeah, what is this? Oh yeah, that happened to me when I listened to Lannis Morissette. But let's yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> that you must be empathetic. 
Scott, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're yeah. You're you're a very empathetic well, guy. You can identify. May, you merge with yeah. suffering people. Um, I think <laughs> you, Matt McDonald, are the first person to say Scott is empathetic. Have you? Has anyone ever told you that before? <clears throat> His mother. Because I think maybe maybe Matt is cracking your shell. Well, my mom also says I'm not fat. So. Oh. Okay. Well, you might be empathetic. There's some <laughs> empathy in there. I, I think. You know, I want to be. I just I don't have the uh, emotional capacity. Mm. It's there. You listen to Stained. Welcome back. It's fifty eight degrees here in Michigan. We're here with Counselor <laughs> Matt McDonald. It's getting hot. It's getting warm in here, guys. <laughs> We're having a session with Scott Scooter Holbert here. There's every, every once like every fifth episode. There's like a breakthrough with Scott. Oh and, uh, yeah, Scott's Scott's the head guy of the podcast that kind of is, is searching for for his heart and it. He gets it every once in a while. Every which is cool. every mm. once in a while, but then I quickly, quickly scar. Are you an introvert, Scott? Uh, <laughs> most of the time, yes. <laughs> I I, en- I enjoy have, being alone with my own thoughts. Do you have an inner an inner sanctum in your house, like a place that you can go that's just for <clears> you? Um, <laughs> that's a tough question. It's funny you mentioned house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you. Let's say home. There's a story here. Um, okay. <clears throat> I think the. I think yeah. Uh, but Spit but it yeah. Out. There's there's typically I, I I do spend a lot of time alone. Um, just in my own thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right. All right. Maybe you're not empathetic. You're just selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I think that that's actually we are grabbing that that's definitely going to be one of our quotes that's the cold open <laughs> I am definitely selfish I, I, I don't even I don't even uh, I mean I do things if someone asks for something man I'm there yeah I guess right guys yeah 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 um, but other people aren't on my mind first and foremost. I mean, I, I just because I don't think about it. I'm just right. like, man, I got, I got my own stuff that I. Well, that's honest. I think it's true yeah. of everybody. You know, numero uno. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People that say, "Oh man, I just care so much for other people more th- more so than more than myself." They're liars. Yeah, I don't like other people. <laughs> 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 other people <laughs> frighten me. I just like JJRB right now. He's okay. my. Yeah. yeah. Stop referencing that. All right, so I think we Matt touched on each one of our issues, which is good. I wanted to go back though, if you don't mind. You're good on time. You're yeah, you're so good, yeah, Matt. Sure. Okay, being in a band and touring and all that stuff and getting married. She, you got married when you were in the classic crime, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like we we got married. Um, gosh, I want to say uh, three months before we got signed. Or a month before we got signed, something like that. That that was the calm before the storm, right? Yeah, and then we went and I went and did six weeks in the studio, and then you know three months later we hit the road for ten months straight, basically. So. <laughs> Without your wife, she came with us because she was um, an illegal immigrant, okay, from Canada. And oh, uh, fantastic! Yeah, we need to build a on the run on that northern border. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, just kidding. She 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 couldn't work, so she just came out with us and kind of did merch and helped tour manage. That's awesome. So you didn't have to pay her. It's also for, That's fortunate. True. Nobody got paid back then, though. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we all slept. We all slept in like before we had the bunks in the back of the van. We all slept on like a futon. We take out took out the benches and had a futon, and we all just slept like sardines, like like side by side. <laughs> my wife was on like one side of me, and then all my bandmates on the other side, like lined up. Yeah, you you have to keep her on that side. <laughs> yeah, of you. you know you don't want any you know avoid the appearance of evil and all right? that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it it appeared pretty evil. I, I'm sure from the outside, if oh, you were yeah. to peer in the windows, like what is going on? What are these people doing? <laughs> are you safe? Do you need help? Yeah. <laughs> and we would always say, "Sure, what do you got?" Like we we are sort of homeless. You know, vagabonds, as it were, and uh, yeah. yeah, Walmart. It was Walmart to couches to mm-hmm. truck stops. That was it for yeah. a year so, and you know, half, two years. Okay. Yeah. Fun. So, you know, you know, he knows. He's he's in the crew. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Maybe. Uh, man, those so those first couple tours, your wife's like, "I'm getting paid in hugs and snuggles again, aren't I?" You're like, yeah. yeah, there's no money, no <laughs> experience, travel. But how did you? How have you guys? You're still married, correct? Yes. Just making sure. Yes. How? No, somebody, how, somebody else safe. is, somebody else is clicking the other, <laughs> well, the other room. That's, my, that's gotta... my third wife. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Wait, from, is this from Utah? From In Oregon, right? to polygamy. No, no, no. But, not third consecutive. Not third at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I do have. Come uh, on, I divorce him first. <laughs> oh, did you hear it? South. Saudi Arabia now allows. This is recent. Now allows Side you. Side note. To divorce your wife via text message. Oh, nice! Well, well you do everything else via yeah, text message. Look it so up. It I think sense. you have to do it three times, but you have to say "I divorce you," "I divorce you," "I divorce you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. I tried that; it didn't work. So I guess I'm not Saudi. <laughs> yeah. So I know a few guys that have been in bands that are big enough to be able to support themselves and tour, and most of the relationships have turned to shit and soured mm-hmm. how how have you how are you guys still together after all these years how has that worked i don't know like we kind of started dating when i wasn't in a band and and um we just kind of got to know who each other were and um and i'm pretty consistent in who i am like i don't necessarily change for different people um which is to say that I'm an asshole all the time, but but she's used to it. So like, it's good and bad. It has, it has, yeah, it has pluses, like, I'm sure. We thank yeah, you for yeah, your yeah. honesty. <laughs> but like, you know, I think that has something to do with it. You know, we we started dating when I was 17. Um, we got married when I was you know, almost 22, um, and so we've been together uh, 18 years. Uh, married for 13 and. 13 and a half or so. So, um, yeah, we just kind of grew up together and we've been through everything together and like, you know, we're, we're the constant, you know? Um, and she's not, um, she's principled and she's not a jealous person. So that's helpful. Um, there's a lot of trust in our relationship because, um, for all of my assholery, I'm not, um, I'm not an, uh, an untrustworthy person when it comes to travel and being being around different people and partying and whatnot. So we've just kind of had certain principles that I think um, we've maintained and uh, and we've had a good dynamic. Um, you know, when I'm gone, she stays busy and, like, we text once a day and that's it. Like, 
be where you are, wherever you are, you know, in the moment. Um, so that's kind of, and I've seen it with my own bandmates, you know, going through relationships and whatnot, that it doesn't work when you try to live, you know, one foot at home, one foot on the road. Mm. And you're always on the phone and you're always trying to fill up this, this person that you can't fill up because there's a, there's a hole on the other side, you know, it's just like pouring straight through. And, um, that's not sustainable. So like we've kind of come up with our own, you know, when you're gone, you're sort of gone, but distance makes the heart grow fonder. So it's, it's, um, it is true. If if you accept that it does work in your favor. (laughs) Yeah. I I got, I can imagine there's, there's been, you're on tour and you you get on the bus and you see somebody on the phone and you just know, Oh, this isn't good. This is, (laughs) this isn't good for us. And it's not definitely not good for them. No, I mean, it's been way worse. It's been like, on the phone all day long Ugh. and it's like what are you doing you're not here like just fly home like we'll get someone else mm. like you know wow. um oh from you guys you, you guys were saying you're not here you, we can get you know, someone I'm, else to play with us is that what you're saying yeah exactly yeah. Like, okay yeah, i mean because like there's there's times there's relationships that my bandmates have been in it's just like what are you doing yeah there's no trust here you think you're like being all lovey and huggy and you miss each other but that it's really about like insecurity yeah trust insecurity yeah the most secure couples don't even have to say hello they just you know hey you good i'm going to bed night (laughs) (laughs) that's when you know you're in a good spot i think (laughs) that's good but you know knock on wood and all that you know of course i'm not the race isn't won yet you know i like to be realistic about these things yeah it takes especially going on your third one or on your you know yeah, I know. And that third time's a charm. Yeah. Third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it takes work. Man, it takes work. I just watched yeah. something last night. I don't remember what, but it was about the uh, just the initial burst of love. And uh, and you just you can take that and think that's what this is what it's going to be. Right. The, those endorphins are rushing. And really, it's more right. like... There's a lot of lust sprinkled in there, and and love sure. is so much, something so much deeper. Where you can kind of, I've had we've had these peaks and valleys where there's there's times we're out of sync and the communication is not quite off, and then times where it's clicking right. again, even after 14, 15 years, it's like man, yep. this is like this is like the beginning. This is great. I figured it out. This is going to happen all the time, but yeah. it, it doesn't. But the work, being aware of it and knowing that there's work yeah, and it's fulfilling all the same is, is a good thing, I think. Yep. I mean, that whole chemical high that you get when you're, that we call in love is really just the infatuation at the beginning, the honeymoon phase or whatever. And mm-hmm. they've actually traced that to a chemical in your brain that, um, that's why they say give it a year because that's about as long as it lasts. Yeah, you know, nine, nine to twelve months. Yeah, um, and you know it's 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 there for a reason. It's good for pair bonding, but um, for long term, you can't rely on it. Love is something a lot different than uh, than being high. <laughs> <laughs> Although you can use that too as a as a yeah. means to boost attraction and affection, Jeff. Really? Yes. But you probably yeah. get drug tested, Jeff, right? Yeah, I've never done marijuana. <laughs> never done highness. <laughs> Jolt <laughs> cola, right? That's about it. Jolt. Mm. <laughs> There's My a gosh. throwback. 
<laughs> you get so you're in Washington. That's is yeah. it totally is marijuana totally legal there? It's recreational yes. and everything. Yeah. yeah, it's been recreational. That was before California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've been at it a while. In fact, my house probably no, you can't see it through the trees right now. The giant recreational marijuana sign behind my house. <laughs> it's like pipes and paraphernalia, recreational twenty one plus. Um I forget what it's called. <clears throat> I haven't been there yet. <clears throat> um which I should. I should stop by. Actually, I, I did go there. I found someone's ID and um, and uh, credit card on the street, and I picked it up. And I was like, "Oh no, this poor guy!" And then I looked down, and I was like, "It was he was probably just at the pot shop." Yeah. So <laughs> I walked in, and they're like, "Can I see your ID?" He's like, "No, but here you can have this guy's ID." Did you know? Have you seen this guy in here? He's like, "Yeah, I think he's in here about an hour ago. Yeah, he'll be back." <laughs> And uh, so I was like, "All right, well, you can have it." And he's like, "Well, thanks, man. You know, it's a good way, way to be a good neighbor." <laughs> thanks, and I was man. Like, you know, just it's the local pot shop is like the local saloon nowadays. Yeah. It's like everyone just just really? turn in. Wow, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's where you get your neighbor neighborhood news. <laughs> For a while, it was the vape shop. People were hanging out in vape shops, uh, smoking. I think it un- up and- underagers and and um and NA folks probably. Yeah. That's where the vape shop's uh, action is, for sure. Yeah. Everybody needs community. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, you... Man, okay. I just... Okay. Okay. I just... Mm-hmm. I had something related to pot and stuff. Uh, oh, marijuana, yeah. Like, heat up already? No. For, for Mr. Uh, Matty here? No? What? What? Okay. What is my stance on legalization? Or? I'm guessing you're okay with it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like to. I like to. Uh, undermine the black market as much as possible. Yeah. Put the Capones out of business. Mm. Yeah, which for yeah. me includes everything. Like I'm, I'm okay with just about everything being illegal yep. or being legal. Yeah, reg- regulated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sure. Yeah, but I'm, that's then, just then it's my, not killing people. My yeah. libertarian nature is <coughs> coming forward. Yep, we all have that somewhere in us. Yeah, I think most people do. They just don't know mm-hmm. it. Yep. So, so you've grown up fundamentalist, and being in a band that a lot of people probably think you're Christian or think you're a Christian band. I don't know sure. that you guys have ever had that label or or like professed to have that label. It's been put on us, yeah. Um, but we've never claimed or um, played into that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's all it's all subjective, like right. how much you play into it, right? But we've never claimed it. We've never we've never liked Christian rock. We don't listen to those bands. Like all the stuff we're influenced by is just like music, music, right? Like not not church music or anything like that. So we don't, you know, we never really identified as as a Christian rock band and. You know, half the guys in the band weren't and aren't Christian. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have that, like I said, that linguistic framework, and I have those ideas, and I have, I think I have probably the most um, interest in faith, maybe, um, and the metaphysical than, than the rest of the guys. But, I mean, just to, to some degree, you know, some of the other ones too, but... Um, so that's you know when I put the lyrics in there, then people ident- people can hear those trigger words. You mm-hmm. know? Like if I say, uh, I don't know, "Dead Rose," 
dead rose from the grave. If I say that, and that's like a play on words, people go, oh. Yeah, no more, he's talking, no he's more talking about, sorrow and shame. No more sorrow and shame. Yeah, yeah a, these are, go- this is like, these are gospel hymns, you know? Like, that's the lyrics from that. That's that's my childhood. We we didn't have music in the church. We all just opened the hymnals and sang. Right. And so those lyrics from, you know, the time of being four years old on up, and that old English and that King James and all that, you know, that's what framed my vocabulary, really, and the way I think about the deeper metaphysical topics. So, so it- naturally, people are going to be like, wow, you know, he's one of us. Um, but I never, like I said, I grew up feeling like I wasn't, I didn't belong. So I don't really like to fit in with whatever they're about. (laughs) So then when you, when you say God, (coughs) goddamn or fuck it, it's like, what? I thought you guys, you guys were Christians. Yeah. You guys are Christians. I think, yeah. Um, that can be shocking. Um, but, um, like I said, the, the thing that, the thing that I'm most concerned about is being real. Um, and not everything we've ever made is for all ages. Like, I wouldn't play certain things for my kids. Um, I think people make a lot of excuses if they think you're a Christian band. Um, they will, you know, I don't know. It'll cover over a host of sins, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you don't cross the line of vocabulary. So, like, you know, previous records, I've had a lot of very critical lyrics of established religion and authority figures and power and um, drugs and alcohol and all this stuff, you know, and sex and everything's in all of our albums. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I stayed within, I played within the vocabulary that was deemed accessible or acceptable by, by uh, whatever the, the dominating culture of Christian christianity is so it's so interesting you 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 stay within the lines so it actually doesn't you have a certain meaning with certain songs that would if if let's just say a a a young christian person that's like is concerned about whether or not you smoke or you say a certain word or if you're you're seen drinking at a show as long as you're saying within the lines it doesn't matter what the songs actually mean it just matters you don't use certain things that have right. letters rearranged a certain way, no matter the yeah, meaning. yeah, and it's it it is a it is a purity culture, even if it's kind of sold as not because it's like you it's an orthodoxy, and if you if you step outside, then that's heresy, and it's weird what where we draw those lines. For me, it's like I have a vocabulary that includes all of the words. Mm-hmm. And there's none that I won't use. Ooh. And that's offensive. <laughs> um, but it's me. And when I'm writing a song, I have to do me, you know? And if I didn't do it, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I couldn't do me, I wouldn't write these songs. I wouldn't put these records out. Um, and, you know, there were times in the past where I did make adjustments. Um, based on like producers in my band um, saying, "Hey, do this, do this," you know. So you it were means probably same thing. more ready earlier than <coughs> you were probably more ready earlier to to be more expressive or expand the vocabulary in a way. But you held yeah, back I until mean, now. Yeah, I think the first time I I really had an idea that I edited was on Phoenix, which was I don't know five six years ago, but. 
before that, I don't think I really thought in those terms. Like, I, I didn't think... Because, um, like, colloquially, I, I use all the words, you know, just to express an emotion. I feel like they all have value. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, as far as the... And that's just with the word fuck, right? But, mm-hmm. like, the goddamn, I think, is a beautiful play on words. And I, I, I'm sad that some people can't hear past that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one that bums me out too. <laughs> like because it's it's so um, it's saying there is no goddamned thing in sight. It's all deemed good in his eyes, which is a way of of sort of alluding to original blessing and that uh, there's, there's there's nothing is condemned and um and I could have said there is no condemned thing in sight, but that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It's so you know. It's ironic so, too that the, from my perspective, the people that are pushing back against that particular lyric are generally more literal with their biblical interpretation or whatever. And yet they're not interpreting what you're saying literally, which is a good thing. What well, well, you're saying literally, yeah. if you like, there's no goddamn well, thing they in should, sight. They sh- so yeah, and when the song first came out, or shortly after, Zach played it and. Um, and he was kind of asking if I had any, like, you know, if I had a problem with that, that the use of that. And I thought it was, I thought it was an appropriate use of, of the word or the, the, the phrase. Um, but for people, I, that that are more literal, I think they would be more interested in. Okay, what does he mean that there is not anything that's uh, condemned? Like what? What is mm-hmm. like? Because that, that's more important than just saying... That, so they, yeah. yeah. What is this guy, universalist? Yeah. It's even more offensive than the word, right? Well, because... Uh, yeah. Did you get more of that or more of the just the fact that you used the word? Um, it was just sort of a general, you sold out to mainstream for oh. money, which is um, ridiculous. Because if we were going to sell out anywhere, we'd sell out to the church. It pays way better <laughs> than the clubs. 50, um, 55 million people listen to Hillsong uh, every Sunday. Yeah. Hillsong song, exactly. fifty five. Wow, and that was a couple of years ago. I think that's a lot. They they're doing really well. Yeah. Um, so you don't you don't sell out to the mainstream. The church pays you really well if you stay with within the boundaries. And I don't, you know, for me it's like I'm not. I don't think of it in terms of like who am I trying to reach. I, I think that's that's a way of. It almost feels like propaganda to me. Like, I'm trying to reach and convince people. Mm-hmm. No, this is pure expression. This is what I feel in the moment. This is a moment that I have that I'm recording down. And I might not feel it now. And I might not feel it five minutes later. But that's what I felt. Yeah. And that's what it is. And you can take it or leave it. I'm not trying to convince you of some way of life or some theological axiomatic truth claim that you have to agree to or... It might poison the well, or like I don't know, like all that stuff is just all propaganda to me, and I'm not interested in, I'm not interested in convincing people of anything. I'm just trying to express myself, and if I start tailoring it because oh, some people might take it this way or that way, then I'm tailoring my, I'm, 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 I'm tailoring my expression, and I'm ultimately li- limiting myself, and myself is offensive sometimes, a lot of the time. I should I be less? I don't know, maybe, but. Sometimes I think it gives people permission to be who they are, whatever that is, and there's no judgment. You know, I, like 
I, I, I am not going to judge you if you want to say whatever it is that's on your mind. That's why Jeff. Go ahead. That's why Jeff voted for Trump and gave him a thousand dollars. How much did you give him? <laughs> Two fifty. <laughs> that's the maximum. right? Two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and now I get. He meant to give twenty five. Now I'm going to get emails for the rest of my life. Two fifty. Anyway, says he meant to give twenty five. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but so yeah, yes. th- and these lyrics were on the whole on the Holy Water song. Um, yeah, um, and the, this is a very spiritual song. By the it, way, that's man that <laughs> that beat that the riff, the the bass part, like that whole setup is just. I love hearing the beginning of that song where I just. Uh, but at the end, uh, there's a, a lyric that you say. Um, that uh, every breath in hell is heaven sent. Right. Breathy, every breath inhaled. Oh, wow! But you thought so, too! Well, because I heard you say it, and then I was like, oh, is he saying that? No, 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 no. No, no, no. And I'm actually... Some people people got that, but I would say every breath inhaled, uh, uh, because I don't necessarily have a theology of hell, so I wouldn't even Uh, try to make a claim about that. Okay. Um, I would say inhaled. Yeah, Whew. like it's all, it's all, it's all. Oh insane. man. Okay, I'll start so, listening to the song again. For the record, I was pre- yeah. I was prepared to go along with you if you had a theology of hell because because I'm like heaven and hell. I think might be the same place, and it's just how hey, you receive two sides of the same coin. Yeah, well, I'm not going to listen to the song anymore. <laughs> it's all how you experience reality. Yeah. What if heaven and hell are the same place? It's just all in your perspective. I, I seriously, I I think that. <laughs> I, yeah. I I would never say like that's the way it is because I'm trying to be dumb no, saying that. But sorry, I throw this heretical stuff. Yeah, out I'm totally time. sympathetic to that. So I was prepared to <laughs> defend you against Scott because hey, Scott was triggered. I just hey sure <laughs> sure if the if you know the lake of fire where it's Satan and the false prophet and the you know the beast are if that's sure okay yeah. <laughs> Well, do you feel better no. though? Doesn't that feel good? I man, so I I love that song, um, and I do have a problem with another lyric. Um, <laughs> but please tell me. <laughs> well, no, I, okay, it's not. It's it's just maybe the meaning. So it's um, that we're all so. Should I forget it? I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it's uh, that like every cell in our body is from a star or something like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what you meant by that. Well, it is um, so. It's a fact that um, matter doesn't disappear when right. you die; it just gets recycled. It's right? Either created or destroyed. So, like yeah. all of the all of the particles, the matter, the subatomic particles that are part of this Earth and our bodies, um, were part of stars like the heavy metals in your body were part of, like that's where they were formed in the core of stars the point. guns and roses and all that stuff yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know what? i appreciate you answering him matt but you're making a mistake that you should have just turned it back on him what does it mean to you scott it's art 
You know, well, that's true. That's true. But what what I'm actually referring to is like I I, I was lis- I was listening to science podcasts and <laughs> my mind was getting blown. <laughs> so it it was literally like, wow, that is crazy. That like you know, this stuff just doesn't come. We don't come right. from nowhere, right. you know. But then you say like we eat food, and then yeah, yeah. But then you say a billion years ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe like some sort well, of yeah. old earther or what. Uh yeah that yeah okay I I, yeah. I guess I listened to the I listened to the scientists I guess you know um, they, that's what they told me so yeah, then, I'll let that <laughs> I'll let that go for now I guess all right mm. wow well that's good I'm you're not a flat earther too are you ooh <clears throat> well how do you explain <laughs> <laughs> how do the you Van explain Allen belt. <laughs> How do you explain? You know, it's. Do you see those pictures from. How do you describe? (laughs) (laughs) I love that it goes from east to west. uh, It's flat as it is wide. (laughs) Hey, the the China landed on the dark side of the moon, but all the pictures are fake. Come on. Okay. Come on. Okay. You know what Scott's good at? Scott's good at. Thank you, Zach. I'm good at a lot. Moving on. We're all good at talking about conspiracy theories, and Scott won't let you know whether he believes it or not. He'll just keep going, whatever is... I love that. Yeah. It's more fun to just um, consider. Right. As long as you're not trying to indoctrinate me, because I'm like, you know, get out of here. That's not reality. You don't get to tell me what reality is, buddy. (laughs) Right. But if you want to explore, I'm there with you. I'll explore. No, I... I um I first heard the classic crime. Well, Zach, Zach turned me on to the Bad Christian podcast, and then um, I forget when all roads lead back to them. Yeah, that's I, really I forget bad. when. But then they uh, there's one or two episodes where they they played some of your as bumper music. Um, they played, okay. and I was like, I'm gonna check these guys out. And like, man, it was pretty much immediate. Like, and this is like my. Top one or two bands. It's literally your jam. This is like, it's like August Burns Red and Classic <laughs> Crime. Well, that's good. Or like one and two, and I can't decide. But it was like immediate. And I'm just saying. Well, oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's good company to be. <laughs> yeah, and going like so. I'm all truth is going back right before you said that. All truth is God's truth is how I'm, I try to look at things. So like the mm-hmm. exploring and the even like listening to people that seem like they're quackery and like having an open mind is is uh, sure. super beneficial that I, I feel like is getting lost a little bit these days. There is a yeah, there is a paradox or a tension that I think you have to hold. You have to hold like you have to hold the known, like what you know, and the unknown at the same time. If you go too far one direction, you become a rigid authoritarian jerk off if you hold too much of the known and you're rejecting all new updates. And if you go into this realm where it's just like, well, I'm not going to, I don't care what the science is. And you just go straight like Bigfoot lives in my backyard, then, uh, then you're losing the plot too. So it's about like kind of having your, 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 your foot in either side in either puddle. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good way to navigate the world. Yeah. And Bigfoot might live in your backyard in Seattle. You're out in Seattle. He might, but you also have to get the data. You know, right, exactly. The known, you have to know things. You have to get the DNA. You know, you can't just speculate all day. Yeah, long. you got to shoot them. <laughs> shoot them, preferably yeah. a lung shot, double lung, you know. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't so run stupid. too far. Right. That's then, so then stupid. Then you can get his DNA. Um, 
getting late there, Scott. All right, well, it's maybe we'll, late. we'll try to land this thing. We mentioned, I mentioned Scott. Scott's kind of a troll. What's up with Don't Feed what? the Trolls? You meant to, well, how is, is that, that a transition? Is that, oh, I, it's not great, but I, I was working. It's off the cuff. There's <laughs> always a segue to you being a troll, so yeah. let's get on with it. You you were a part of, or Don't Feed the Trolls is your podcast. What It's been a yes. little while, and I enjoy those episodes, by the way. What's going on with that? Thank you. Um, well, Nate kind of um, went through a bit of a, um, a trying period where he was um, experiencing bouts of depression and, and insomnia. Mm. And, um, and so he was trying to figure out what was wrong with that. And for a while there, he thought it was his diet and he was... He had been tapering off some medication, and so we just decided to pause it um, because he could never record. Um, but he's getting better now, so um, he's been texting me lately, like, "What do we get? Let's do Good. it." Um, but of course, I'm super busy with uh, tour and record and stuff like that. So I I like podcasting. I like doing the podcast. I don't know that it's like my calling in life. Nice use of um, calling with our podcast. We appreciate that word. I don't like to, t- yeah, exactly. I don't, I just don't feel like it's not, it's that not my calling is, either. Yeah. But let's go. Yeah, the Lord has not called me to, to yelling into microphones yeah. in that way, yeah. in that way, other different ways. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what I want to like record a bunch of podcasts for um, the upcoming record, and, and I want to um, do some stuff on the road too with people I stop, uh, I stop with, and get some interviews in so we'll see what happens but there we've stopped doing weekly episodes so we've put out like one a month last few months so um so i'm a little bit nervous about you playing at zach's house uh coming up <coughs> next month because i have a tendency to sing along mm, you but should i can't the problem is i have no idea how to sing mm. and i'm afraid of i might throw you off um, because my timing is off as well, so you seem pretty soft-spoken though. So like, I doubt that you'll be anywhere near my volume. Man, are you, if you play like "Salt in the Snow" or uh, uh, what's that air thing? The air one. Uh, who who, who needs, needs air? air? Sure, you like the six-eight balance. Man, okay, I, the, the acoustic. Oh, man, I that's I play. I I love that acoustic EP. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 2007. That up. Back when we were just children. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll do that. Well, you guys got to get some more people out to that show. This, uh, California sucks, man. Nobody comes to shows I anymore. Yeah. What's the I deal? I don't know. I don't know. Is there, is there like, what's your, is there a threshold where you're like, you know what? I know I'm kind of like general vicinity, but this thing is just not going to happen. <laughs> if I'm in the vicinity, I'll probably just do it. There's no, I mean, it's more about the experience. I'm not, I don't care. Like, if I had to drive out of the way four hours, um, then I'd be like, yeah, it's not worth the gas money. <laughs> so, well, Riverside's, like, I'm, I'm just, Riverside's only I'm practical. Hour and a half, I, well, depending on when you, the yeah, of the day. I mean, I'm out there. I'm out there anyways. I came all the way there. I'm not going to bum people out. Where so you, I'll and if you're, sta- if you're going to stay local, there's a, there's a uh, RV park. Man, we can have a we can have a campfire. I just had my trailer out there uh, last weekend. I pull my trailer out. You have your RV. We have a campfire. Oh, that'd be sweet, Scott. That would be the, sweet. Book us. The, um, yeah, the, when we were talking about Scott's home, we were kind of la- Jeff and I were laughing because <laughs> he sold. He owned a place. He sold it. 
uh, bought a truck, was living in just the truck, and then he recently bought a trailer, and he's kind of parked local. He takes it different places, and he's well, I'm in the settled. I'm in the truck right now. So you're, when you're talking about living in your van, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of know <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. Of course, I'm not with like four dudes and my wife, but uh, he's just with four dudes. I'm just with. <laughs> there are no women involved. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> pack, pack really. it in. Pack it in the the truck. No, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, find a corner. Yeah, full time. Well, we'll make it. We're gonna. But that'd be cool. We're gonna push hard for the event, and if you're around, you know, it'll be no. There's no rules. You you get to make the rules whether you play a show or we hang out and talk or whatever it is. Have <laughs> a campfire. Or go have a campfire. We'll do it all. Yeah. We'll do it all. Yeah. So. I'm down to camp. Seriously, I'm not. I'm not. Um, not so you don't have everything set up yet. It's just kind of like see. Oh, maybe a Walmart no, parking man. lot. I guess there's a Walmart. Like I here. said, I don't. I don't like rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like to wing it. That's the All fun right. part. All right. <laughs> well, if you if you send the, I mean, if we get the dates, I'll I'll just book two spots. Shoot, man. Well, I got a 29 foot uh, RV. Yeah, yeah. They 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 accommodate. Uh, like mine's yeah. twenty eight, so they uh, they have some bigger space. Yeah, yeah. mine's thirty. Sweet mine's thirty one. Oh, so. dude, you! Oh, bring wow, yours look too? at you! Wow. We can do. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I thought you were joking, but no, you have a thirty one <laughs> foot RV. <laughs> there you go. All right, so g- give us. Let's make this push. What's the where to get people get the tickets and connections and all that stuff? Sure, the classicrime.com. Um, you scroll down to see the tour dates. You can get tickets there. All tickets are pre sale, obviously, because we're not we don't have bouncers and and people at the door. It's just your name on. A My list. wife's a badass, so. though. Well, yeah, she'll bounce you if you show up, and uh, and you you're just like, I know Zach, so I'm in. It's like, no, you're out. <laughs> you didn't pay. You're out on your yep. ass. Um, no, it's 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 fine. So yeah, you just you go there, and they and then uh, I'm assuming everybody who listens to your podcast knows exactly exactly where you live. But if they don't, um, the address is sent to them in the conf- confirmation email. And uh, what else? Oh yeah, we have events on Facebook and. That's it. Cool. All right. Join them. Yeah. 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 Well, I, we didn't talk about the vocal few, um, and not that we can now, but I love vocal few too. And Thank it's, you. It's awesome. Real quick to your songwriting style, vocal few. I don't want to say it's just an acoustic classic crime, but there is a thread of songwriting that. that oh is, yeah, I mean it's I you. It's yeah. your your stain is all over it. And I mean that in the, good, in the best possible way. That's a, that's a very, that's a very apt way of putting it. Um, yeah, you know, vocal few is more. I would say more uh, folk in that it's more storytelling. Um, and I would say classic crime deals with sort of the meta narratives and the bigger, you know, soul longing stuff. Although vocal few dabbles, but it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of specifics, which I think folk music is good for, and the. the beats and the rhythms and everything right. are good for talking yeah which i like to do so yeah it works awesome well thanks for working yeah. this out yeah thank you staying up yeah, late thanks. with us and all that stuff yeah yeah thanks yeah. guys good so have you um, have you really read a, th- a thousand books <laughs> <laughs> more more right. than that well, too, haven't you uh, too bad you forgot all everything <laughs> i know right <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was like 23 when I wrote that. So. He's referencing a song. So I've read, I've read like 100,000 that I forgot now. Yeah. No, but check out the classic crime. You yeah. Like it. Yeah, it's good. And Jeff, 
make your kids listen to it. And it's... I already have. Yeah. And I don't have to make them. They're like, I like this. My little boy's grabbing the drums, starting to bang away. I'm like, yeah. okay. I mean, it's getting violent. So. Yeah. Well, make him listen to Holy Water and Wonder. Those are the two ones with the best lyrics. Maybe skip no. Holy Water for now. No. Um, I don't know about the Wonder one, but... Um, oh, those yeah, are explicit. Yeah, don't do the Wonder one either. <laughs> oh, I, might, I might have to skip those are adult. Those are adult topics. Yeah. All right, brother. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. In a couple weeks, we'll yeah. be in touch. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Take, take care. care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.